It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday-ish check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett. Glad to be here with you today. Monday-ish, because... We didn't quite get around to recording on Monday, and we were planning on doing a podcast on Wednesday, Wednesday uh, to s- sort of kick off our Lenten devotional guide. So what you're getting is us today, whatever day you're listening to this, but we happen to be recording on Tuesday, March 1st, and it will be a combination of Monday check-in and also kick off to our Lenten devotional guide, which we're very excited about. We were busy on Monday. It was a busy day. That it is was a true busy statement. day. Yeah. Today's been a busy day as well. And it's, it's going to be busier. Uh, you know, we're going to wrap up here and then we're going to go burn some palms to get some ashes together for Ash Wednesday. And then I have a committee meeting tonight too. I'm fun. <laughs> Do you want to uh, record it and... <laughs> Is there any way that we can turn it into a podcast? The committee meeting? Yeah. Perhaps. I think a lot of people would tune in. Yeah. People would love to just participate in Presbyterian committee meetings. It's, I mean, it's it's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people love it. I think that's how C-SPAN got their start. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true statement. Not Presbyterian committee meetings, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are, we are, as you have alluded to, we're about to roll into the season of Lent. We have Ash Wednesday services tomorrow, and we'll, then we'll, we'll put the Alleluia's away for approximately 40 days, uh, depending on who you talk to. And um, yeah, before we enter into this sort of season of um, repentance, self-reflection, and uh, spiritual renewal, I hopefully so uh during the season of lent so we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of feed two birds with one worm uh during this podcast episode uh, that is your pacifist pastor who does not like killing birds so rather than killing two birds with one stone he's feeding two birds with one worm it's a tough but, break for the worm but still i don't know feed two birds with one seed that's not much nourishment, is it? I don't know. Two birds oh, oh, with, with one. one loaf of bread. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My friend Chris Tripolino taught me that expression. I can't take credit for it. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, to feed two birds with feed two birds with one item. <laughs> with, with one bird sustenance item. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to take a look at some of the scripture for the upcoming Sunday. And we're also going to take a look at some of the scripture for Ash Wednesday. And we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, this devotional guide and, and week one in that devotional guide as well. So lots of things to do. And I think that I'm going to open us with a word of prayer. Sounds good. All right, let's pray. 
Loving and gracious God, as we enter into this season of intentional reflection and when we take a few weeks to, to honestly and seriously consider how our lives, the difference between how we live them and how we are called to live them, ask that your presence of mercy, your presence of grace, your presence of uh, forgiveness and, and new growth might be with us as we read your holy scriptures this afternoon. Give us the gift of your wisdom, of your insight. Give us good questions. Give us interesting answers. Uh, teach us, O oh God, your ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so our first little bit of scripture uh, is uh, typically an Ash Wednesday piece of scripture, or one that is often read on Ash Wednesday. Uh, it comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. And I read something like this. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose? A day to, uh, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to, Lord, to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up on the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to live in. And that's the word from the prophet Isaiah. Uh, and then a little bit of scripture from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Uh, this is verses 1 through 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. 
He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. That's where that passage ends for the time being. Uh, Greg, where do you want to start? Passage from Isaiah 58. Um, it, it's only read once every three. It's, it's scheduled to only be read once every three years for Ash Wednesday, but I think it's possibly one of the most fitting scriptures for my interpretation and what Ash Wednesday means to me. And so I just love it. Um, first of all, part of Ash Wednesday is this notion of repentance. It's recognizing that we are dust, that we are in need of God. Um, and it starts out uh, reminding folks like that, uh, that they are in rebellion, announced to my people their rebellion. And then I love this line because it's, it's almost humorous. It's almost sarcastic. Day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. And then the prophet goes through and demarcates all the ways that folks have fallen short of living their faith, of, of loving God and loving one another, right? You fast, but you only do it as a symbolic thing. And then this line, why humble ourselves, but you do not notice. Like The exact opposite of humility would be humbling yourself so that others would notice that you are so humble, right? And, and so I, I, I love that the prophet Isaiah is sort of just breaking it down for, uh, for God's people of these are the ways you're falling short. These are the ways that you are in need of repentance and need of returning away from the ways you're going to turn to new ways. And um, I love that we read it on Ash Wednesday because it's a reminder that it's not just Ash Wednesday that we need to come before God and, uh, and have the ashes smeared on our forehead and be reminded of our need uh, my, that we are dust and, and we need God. Um, it's not just a one day fast thing, but it's, it's, it's a lifestyle change. It's, it's, it's not just giving up something, but it's taking up something. And the prophet Isaiah goes through and, and beautifully describes that. Is not this the fast I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin? Uh, it just, it's a stunning rebuke. And I think sometimes we are in need of rebuke as the people of God were, as the, the Israeli people were in Isaiah, uh, people of Israel. Uh, and then also a stunning description of what it is that we are called to, to turn from these things and towards these things. So it's one of my favorite passages from the prophet Isaiah and my favorite passage to read during Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I like the, it really highlights the difference between um, fasting as self-improvement and fasting as like um, something else. <laughs> I can't quite think of what the term is for that, but um, it's, it's critical of the, um, you know, you, um, 
the, the fasting that you're going through is, is really focused on yourself, right? Um, like you're trying to humble yourself. Um, you, you're decorating yourself in sackcloth and ash. Um, and it's, it's really for you, right? Um, and God says, like, the fast that I would prefer to you to do is this one that's focused on others, Right. And so that's focused on letting the oppressed go free. And that's focused on loosing the bonds uh, of injustice and uh, and feeding the hungry and welcoming the poor into your house and um, creating streets to live in um, for, for folks that. That, that there's I, and I think it's easy to get these things sort of conflated and think of I'm going to not eat uh, chocolate for 40 days um which would be a sacrifice for damon (laughs) yeah which you know fine um but that's really focused on me that's not really focused on anybody else like what might be better is i'm gonna not eat chocolate for 40 days because that's a self-indulgent thing um and instead of that i'm gonna uh, like donate to a feeding ministry um, once a week, or I'm going to give an apple to somebody or that sort of thing. Um, and this passage really makes it like a, draws a distinction between there's a way of fasting. That's really about lifting ourselves up as you pointed out. <laughs> uh, and then there's this, and then there's another way of fasting. That's about lifting others up in some way, I suppose. Yeah. And not just lifting ourselves up, it's sort of this like fasting as virtue signaling or fat, like demonstrating humility so that others notice your humility. So they all think, oh, he's so humble. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's not what God wants. Uh, Yeah. One of the other common Ash Wednesday passages um, has to do with, you know, uh, when you, when you fast, like it's from the gospels um, and it's Jesus speaking, but like when you fast, yeah. Don't make a show of it. Like, don't, uh, you know, do it in secret. Um, don't go stand out on the corner and, and declare how the suffering that you're putting yourself through, or whatever the case, uh, you'll find it, I'm sure. But it's, it's that kind of a sentiment. Yeah, it's, it's actually in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I, I had it pulled up because I was looking at the Ash Wednesday scriptures earlier. Uh, yeah, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give alms, don't sound a trumpet as the hypocrites do. Do it quietly, right? Give your alms. Do not let your left hand know what the right is doing. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners so that they may be seen by others. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father will see in secret and reward you. And when you fast, don't look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they receive their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by God. Right? And then he closes that with, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus brings it back to this idea that you know, our hearts follow our treasure. And so, um, you know, our treasure needs to be 
in these acts of loosing the bonds of injustice and undoing the thongs of yoke and letting oppressed go free and sharing our bread with the hungry and all that stuff. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful, it just flips the whole notion on its head. It's interesting too, that both the prophet Isaiah and Jesus were pointing out this behavior, which suggests to me that this is probably a pretty human behavior. Uh, <laughs> that we probably, mm-hmm. probably still engage in it these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. know, I really like the bit about, uh, you know, your fasting face. <laughs> put on your put on your fasting face you know no. that sort of yeah um yeah don't you don't need to make a show of it for others um yeah uh, but i lost something so uh anything else or should we jump into the loop passage a little bit well just the 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 final final part of that verse from isaiah isaiah 58 12 then your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt you shall raise up the foundations of many generations you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to live in and i i think that's part of our call as well as followers of jesus and um children of god is to strive to be repairers of the breach and restorers of the streets that we live in and i think there's a there's a lot to unpack there uh certainly if that if you choose for that to become your focus during the season of Lent, how can you be a reconciler? How can you seek to repair the breach and restore the streets? And what does that mean for you? And I think there's, there's a lot to think about during the season of Lent of both giving up and and taking up in order to do that kind of peace building reconciliation work. So there's just so much great in this passage from Isaiah 58. I just really, really love the passage. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the word uh, to be a reconciler or reconciling, because uh, that is one of the one of the kind of focus uh, words um, in the devotional guide for this year. So the devotional guide uh, takes a look at six ish <laughs> um, uh, character like. Christian characteristics or characteristics of Christian character uh, and week four, uh, as Greg just showed to everyone, um, is reconciling or a desire for reconciliation. Um, so reconciliation between uh, between ourselves and God, between ourselves and others, um, uh, seeking those those sorts of restoration sorts of things, right? Um, the characteristic for week one that we're taking a look at is, is belief. And uh, I think Greg's turning the pages there. He's going to find it. Uh, yeah, week one, belief, March 2nd to March 8th. And, um, and specifically here, we're thinking about um, belief in something beyond one's self, right? Um, which I think ties in really well with this little bit of scripture from Luke. Um, so this is the, this is just the part of the start, the opening of this passage of scripture. This is Jesus um, being tempted. Uh, goes out into the wilderness, uh, fasts uh, for 40 days, and then he's tempted in the wilderness. And I think there's three different sort of, temptations uh and jesus spoiler alert resists all of them and 
and, and it's sort of this way of Jesus asserting that he is not going to believe in himself. Like he, he believes in God and he believes in, in the ultimate authority of God and not in the ultimate authority of himself. Right. Um, and that as Christians were, were called to act in a, in a similar way. Like we believe, I don't believe ultimately in myself. Uh, I believe ultimately in God, which is a, which is a different thing. Yeah. And, and also sort of seeking right relationship with God in, instead of seeking to satiate our own needs or desires or wants. And so each of Jesus' temptations, we just read the one of, of him being famished and, and the devil saying, you can turn this stone into a loaf of bread. Why don't you do it? And Jesus says, you don't live by bread alone. So he he's negating himself, his own needs, uh, his, his hunger his human need and instead responding um, with scripture uh, quoting the old Testament. And, um, and then the next, the next one that the devil tempts him with is power, worldly power. I will give you all these kingdoms and Jesus uh, and then devil says, I'll give you all these kingdoms if you only worship me. And, and Jesus said, I worship and serve God alone. Um, again, quoting the Old Testament, and so there's uh, there's there's this. I give up of myself and my own needs and desires and wants for my greater belief in God and what it means to be a follower of God. And so, yeah, there's a there's a, a belief system, a belief structure here that's present, and that's kind of what we reflect on in the devotional guide, and perhaps what will be reflected on in the sermon on Sunday. Uh, we don't know that yet because uh, we're excited that Kylie Winberg is going to be preaching for us on Sunday. Um, and Kylie has selected this scripture among another one. And uh, the theme of belief uh, and freedom, I think, is part of her. We'll see what kind of freedom, what, is, what does freedom look like, right? Yeah. The devil's offering one form of freedom. Here, you're hungry, eat. Here, you want power, it's all yours. And Jesus is choosing a different, different way right yeah yeah and there's also this sense that um when i affirm my belief in in god as the ultimate authority then that makes it easier for me to have the spiritual freedom to step away from my own selfish wants and desires right because i recognize that like that i'm not <laughs> the ultimate authority right and and so you know, the, the desire that I have for, you know, my own personal power or, or whatever the case may be that, that may actually be harming others in some way, shape or form. Right. It's easier for me to step away from those things when I recognize that you know, actually God is the ultimate authority. And so that the values of God are, it becomes easier to choose those things. When I, when I assert and when I assent to a certain kind of belief in those things. So, um, and that has, and that my understanding <laughs> from having conversations with Kylie is that there's a, a spiritual freedom in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're submitting ourselves to an authority. So we're giving up some level of freedom, right? Giving up 
our individual liberty in that sense. But in doing that, we are opening ourselves up to the spiritual freedom of being in right relationship with God, which will lead also to being in right relationship with others. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I think so. <laughs> and we're both trained theologians, so. <laughs> uh, using that term very loosely. <laughs> Which one? Trained or theologian? <laughs> yes. Yes, <Okay>. David. <laughs> we're, we're untrained theologians. Well, I just... Uh, uh, training implies a certain sort of um, regimented way, right? Yeah. Like... If you train a dog to behave in a certain way, right? So you would expect a, a trained theologian to behave in a certain kind of a way. Hmm. Which is why we're using that term very loosely today, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> maybe the training hasn't fully hasn't fully taken me. Hasn't taken yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can that old phrase that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I can affirm that that is true, at least with my current dog. Uh, and if she is in any way uh, sort of channeling me, teaching an old dog new tricks is going to be hard. So I'm not sure the training is ever going to stick, Damon. So, uh, okay. So then also in the devotional guide, uh, we've got the devotion and then a prayer. And then we're also suggesting a spiritual practice for folks to engage with throughout the week. Uh, our weeks are going to start during Lent on Wednesday, uh, which I know it doesn't make any sense at all, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of the way that it works. Uh, so like, so starting tomorrow on Ash Wednesday and connecting with this idea of belief and affirming a belief in something beyond ourselves, something beyond our own, selfish or like maybe self in like overly self-inflating wants and desires as to encourage people to to fast from something um and when folks get their guides they'll see it in there an explanation but but the idea behind this is connects with this idea of um to to practice saying no to our our overly self-inflating wants and desires um, even in some way. And, and a good fast has two parts, as we were talking about earlier in the conversation. Like it's not just stepping away from those things, but it's also then stepping towards something else. Um, so what happens if, for example, um, like maybe I spend half an hour less watching television and I use that time to study scripture or I use that time to uh, write cards or letters of encouragement um, to folks or to research feeding ministries, organizations in the community and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so this week we'll be encouraging people to fast from things. So, Yeah. And folks could take up a fast for the entirety of Lent if they want to. That's certainly something we would encourage, but we want to really get folks thinking about if you're going to give up something what are you going to pick up? 
Um, ultimately, this ends with us picking up our cross and following Jesus, right? But um, I'm going to read directly from the guide because I thought Damon really did a nice job of, of wording this well. Fasting isn't just about learning to say no to ourselves. It's about learning to say no to ourselves so that we can say yes to the things of God. So this week, let's consider the places we are being a bit self-indulgent and shift them to being more God-indulgent. And I thought that was really well said, Damon. Um, and that's, that's, that's what we're encouraging folks to do. That'll be the spiritual practice we encourage for this first week of Lent. But I hope people might pick something up uh, fast from something, but also do something in place of that and uh, think about what perhaps making that a habit throughout Lent and then seeing if that continues. Uh, Teresa Kennedy was talking to the children's choir uh, last week and I popped in and was chatting with them. They actually came up with some theological questions that they needed, uh, I guess, a, a theologian in training to answer. Trained theologian? <laughs> there we go. Trained theologian, not theologian in training, right? Um, and so I popped over, but uh, it turns out that Teresa was the one dropping the theological wisdom. Uh, and she was talking about the season of Lent and she grew up Roman Catholic. And so they do typically give things up for the season of Lent. And she talked about one of the things that she did would uh, be put a pebble in her shoe during Lent. And every time that it rolled and she stepped on it or it, you know, annoyed her toe or whatever, uh, rather than just being annoyed or think that she's experiencing pain for the sake of pain, that was a reminder for her to pray for someone. And so that would, that was her reminder during Lent to pray. And so, so every morning she would wake up and put the pebble in her shoe. And then every time that pebble uh, came to her attention, it was a, a way for her to remember to, to pray for someone. So it was giving up comfort by putting a pebble in your shoe, but taking up the practice of praying for others every time you're reminded of that. Uh, and, and so I think there's some real potential there. Damon is going to give up chocolate for Lent and the money he would have spent on chocolate. He's going to spend, uh, on some God indulgent thing, right, Damon? Sure. When does Lent start? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Shoot. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tonight is Mardi Gras, which is French for fat Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, so Shrove tonight, Tuesday. yeah. Yes, yeah, Shrove Tuesday, but Marty is Tuesday, Gras, G-R-A-S, fat, grease, right? Yeah, and the idea is that you would try to use up all this stuff that you had in the house before the season of Lent so that it wouldn't go bad while you were fasting from it. Um, right. Yeah, also all the lard and that sort of the indulgent stuff that you would use for cooking. Um, yeah, you want to get it all used up before the season of Lent. Are you having pancakes tonight, Damon? I think I probably will. Yeah, I can tell please. you we are going to have pancakes tomorrow night at Wednesday Night Live because it won't. we won't have had our Ash Wednesday service yet. So <laughs> that will be our Shrove Tuesday pancake supper. And That's a, only a trained theologian could find that loophole in the system, I think. Maybe a theologian in training. <laughs> That's a... um, but I understand that there will be breakfast meat as well, perhaps even bacon. Uh, so if you're looking for a place to have dinner tomorrow night before you start, before you come to the Ash Wednesday service, come join us at Wednesday Night Live yeah. for pancakes and bacon. Um, two things. One, um, so this devotional we should probably mention 
is going to be mailed out to like members and friends of First Presbyterian Church. It will also be available electronically in a PDF. So if there are other folks out there who would maybe like to take a look at that, um, we'll make that available in some way, shape, or form. Maybe we'll put a link to it in the video description on YouTube. So we will do that. Uh, as um, well as sending it out by email and putting it on Facebook as well, so folks can download it from there. Yep. So, uh, and we'll probably have some hard copies available, like at the church, if folks uh, want to stop in and pick one up, or pick up a second one, whatever the case may be. Uh, and the that story about the Teresa with the pebble in her shoe. There's a there's an old story about um, I forget um, a monk. Like the head monk at some place, uh, he said, to, okay, at the start of the season of Lent, I gave to all the charges, um, go and like find a, a stone that represents your sin, right? So, uh, and the size of the stone, like represent your sin, right? So, uh, so the monks in training, I don't know, uh, went out. And, you know, and that's, they've carrying in big, heavy boulders, right? Because these are folks who are serious about understanding the weight of their sin, right? Uh, except for one of the monks who brought in just like a little, a little teeny pebble, right? Um, because, you know, thinking, this is, I'm pretty good. I sin, I sin only this much, right? Um and then the head monk said, okay, so you, everybody's going to carry this stone with them everywhere that they go during the season of Lent to help us to understand the weight of our sin, uh, except, for, except for you, uh, Mr. Guy, who just picked up the little one, you're going to put that in your shoe uh, and you're going to walk on it um, all during the season of, of Lent. So I wonder if she maybe heard that story somewhere in her in her growing up uh and that gave her no the, the idea to do that but yeah and those were my two things should we change gears sure okay uh what's going on at first press uh well uh we got ash wednesday tomorrow and so uh i will be leading an ash wednesday service over at hastings college uh at french memorial chapel at 11 o'clock if people want to join us over there uh, and then we'll be doing an Ash Wednesday service here at our church at 7 p.m. And our chancel choir will be helping to lead us in worship for that. Uh, so they both promise to be really meaningful services. And we hope you might be able to join us for either or, frankly, for both if you want to. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's tomorrow, Wednesday, March 2nd. Um, and, and we will still have... Wednesday night programming, uh, essentially as normal. The, really, the only change is that the uh, instead of having like youth fellowship time during the youth fellowship time, uh, those youth will come to the Ash Wednesday service. Otherwise, everything goes as 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 usual. Yeah, and then uh, Sunday we uh, start the season of Lent. We'll have our 8.30 contemplative Tuesday style service and our 10.30 traditional service. This Sunday happens to be what we call celebrating the gifts of women Sunday. 
And so our Presbyterian women will be taking leadership roles throughout the service. Uh, I mentioned that Kylie will be preaching. Uh, we will also be celebrating a baptism and we will also be celebrating communion. And so it's going to be a great day in the life of the church. We hope you can join us for that at the 1030 service. Um, what else? Also Sunday morning at 915, Dan Deffenbaugh is going to start his Lenten Forum series. So he's got a series of uh, six forums. He's using a book by Amy Jill Levine or Levine. I'm not entirely sure um, how it's pronounced. Uh, Entering the Passion of Jesus is the title. Uh, and so Dan will be leading uh, our scholar in residence. will be leading a six forum series uh, focused on the events of the passion, passion narrative and what we oftentimes call Holy Week around here. Um, so if folks are, are interested, that'll be available in person at 9.15. Uh, it'll also be available on Zoom at 9.15. We will also record it and be able to put it on our YouTube page uh, later in the week. That, uh, and if folks, <clears throat> as I mentioned, he is basing this off a book. Um, and we do have a few copies of that book available through the church office. So if folks would like a copy of that book, uh, stop into the church. And if we have any left, we'd be happy to share one with them. And uh, you don't necessarily need the book in order to follow along and to enjoy the class and to learn things from Dan. Uh, you can do that really at any time. That's no book required to learn things from Dan. Uh, but if you would like to read the book and follow along that way, uh, that is that is an option as well. All right. Anything else we should tell the good folks, our 133 subscribers? Um, we should tell them thanks. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and we should tell them that they're, that they're doing great. Keep it up. All right. <laughs> I'll close this with a word of prayer, and I'm actually going to uh, preview the, the prayer for uh, the devotional guide tomorrow. It may not be hitting people's mailboxes tomorrow because I think it just went out today. And so um, I will close us with a word of prayer from uh, the devotional guide for Wednesday, March 2nd. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, help me to step away from myself. Over the course of these 40 days, let your wants become my wants. Let your desires become my desires, and let your ambitions become my ambitions. Give me, O oh God, the wisdom, courage, and conviction I need to limit my self-indulgent ways of being so that your spirit may grow within me. Grant that I might be freed from myself in order to follow you. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, then, with all the things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.